Robert Gerrish here, founder of Flying Solo and co-host with editor Lucy Kibist of the Flying Solo podcast. Now, before I introduce our guests, let me tell you about Flying Solo's premium membership. There's a mass of tools and benefits to help your business stand out and to ensure you stay at the top of your game. As part of membership, you get a full page listing in the directory, entry to a private discussion group, access to a library of over 80 how-to videos, a copy of the Flying Solo book, and much more, all for just $99. Head to the join page. Now, on to the show. I am really pleased to be speaking to my good old friend, Vanessa Emilio. Hello, Vanessa. Hi, Robert. Thanks for inviting me back again. It's great to speak. Oh, look, that's terrific. It's... um. You're my, uh, I just think you're, you're my sort of uh, small business lawyer person. Whenever I think of law issues and small business, I think of you and I think I need to speak to a Vanessa, I need to speak to Vanessa. So uh, it's lovely to have you back. And, um, and I know you've, you've been writing some really great articles recently. And I was having a look back through your sort of back catalogue, if you like, on Flying Solo and came across the one that you wrote a while ago now, which was all about uh, when a client fired you and how distressing it was. Do you remember that situation? Oh, yes, yes. That, that sticks in your mind. I don't know that you ever forget that. No. Well, look, hopefully it hasn't happened since. Have you had a, have you had a good period since No, then? no, that's, that's been the uh, one and only, thank goodness. But uh, I think you... Um, Mentally, it stays in your head, and then you plan ahead in case it to to put things in place to make sure it doesn't happen again. Yeah, well, look, that's what I think we should have a little chat about because I thought, you know, when I when I reread that article, and and I know you sort of started it by saying, not only was this a painful process when it happened, but here I am writing about it, and that's even more painful, or, or just as painful. And now here I am wanting to talk to you about it, but I figure, well, there's plenty of water under the bridge so I'm hoping that it's something that you're you're comfortable speaking about but why don't we just start if you can bear it just give us if you would a little kind of snapshot what happened the the it was it's true when you write about it it makes it seem more real um the snapshot is um a few years ago we had a client that um he had come in a rush everything had to be done in a rush to set up his business he was worried about competitors and so we quickly tried to help him set up his business and he wanted to trademark and he wanted to make sure he had ownership of a particular name and domain and get it up and running as fast as possible and it was all a little bit um it, it rang alarm bells but mm. you know you you press on yeah. and I, I as it as we were working together there were a lot of a lot more alarm bells there was you know, it was very difficult to get hold of him. He always seemed to be overseas. He was always wanting to call me. I could never call him. My emails would bounce 90% of the time. Mm. And he'd say, oh, that's because I've got another email address. He was, I don't know if he was changing them or what was happening. But uh, in the end, um, it, we set up his business, got him running, up and running. And um, then down the road, I started getting um, notifications from regulators. What I didn't realize was he had put us and myself, he had put the law firm and myself as a contact on his regulatory material. Without asking you? 
without notifying right. Ethan. So I was unaware of this. And so he was really using us as a repository. And so when I would forward on the materials, of course, it was bouncing. I had no way of getting hold of him. I was phoning him. Mm, Deadlines dear. were coming up for various things. And then, you know, I thought, well, there's nothing more I can do. It's I can't get hold of him. I tried to contact him through the business. I tried to contact him, you know, in every way imaginable. And it was very distressing because these are, you know, you're as a lawyer in a law firm, it's it's an ethical issue. Even if you're not technically, you know, you haven't agreed to be the repository, you haven't mm. agreed to manage this correspondence for him. You know, when the regulator comes calling or notifying you of things that you really have to. Yeah, you, you know, can't just walk away from it. And And I also need instructions before I respond to it. So I couldn't you know, respond on his behalf and then manage it. So it was really a difficult situation oh. to be in. So um, then, you know, a, a few months down the road, uh, I got this rape phone call from someone who I didn't realize who it was and he didn't wouldn't say what business he was from and he was saying he was going to sue me and he was going to, you know, get my practicing certificate taken away and oh, make sure dear. my business was closed down. And it was the most distressing time ever. Oh, and it was this guy, was it? And it was him. Oh. And he he was um, just absolutely... It, you can't even manage a phone call like that. Mm. So I, I had asked to, you know, to understand what had happened and where he was and who he was and, you know, could I have some time to look into it and see what's what's going on because I didn't realize it was the same person even. He had set up in the meantime several other businesses. So when he was saying he was from X business, it wasn't a business, it wasn't the you same business familiar. I'd helped okay. with. So it was really quite a big mess on his part. He was very... Um, uh, a little bit disorganized. He was overseas. He, I, what had happened was he had moved overseas and was using us as their local address. And um, Gosh. Yeah, it was very, very difficult. So it, I'm just going to stop. So it, it's, I mean, it's spectacular is what it is. I mean, spectacularly horrible. But um, clearly, so it's interesting that um, you kind of view it as, as a client fired you, but it was... It, it it doesn't it was never that formal by the sounds of it it's just it's a, a fairly you know unhinged client who just carried on getting things worse and worse and worse so was there ever actually a, a kind of technical firing or or I mean how did you separate he well he um I you know you try and do the right thing and you say well I'm going to help you manage this this because he lost his trademark because he didn't respond he um was very and there were a number of penalties that he had to pay for various things that he didn't respond to and um he didn't renew his business name and various other things mm. that had happened and so he was um you know going to absolutely you know, he was threatening to go to absolutely everybody and, you know, he was going to expose us and he was very, very irate. Anyway, he um, did he fire us in the end. You know, we did everything we could to help him and resolve what we could. Mm. And um, he said, I'm never dealing with you again. <laughs> so I felt actually slight relief. I I'm really sure was you did. not sleeping. It's amazing how much energy 
you put into this mm. negative situation that was completely, you know, you try and control it as much as possible, but it affects your business. It affects your personal life. It mm. affects your health. It is just extraordinary how one situation and one client can unravel you so much yeah unhinge your business Mm. and that's why i thought it was you know this this is just something that i don't think you can be in business and not have i i would not expect everybody to have a client like this but you you can't be in business i believe online and not come across some negativity from some customers or clients mm. who are frustrated and take it out on you yeah look and there's so, so many things in there i want to delve into so one of the pieces right at the very beginning you know you you talk about these alarm bells so another word we might use is intuition i'm guessing you know the, there was something about his initial contact where you were thinking hmm, not sure about this but, you know, I know that you work a lot with people in startups. So you work with a lot of high energy people, people that are trying to achieve things often in very tight deadlines. And they come to you because they don't really understand a whole lot of stuff. And you hold their hand and walk them through it. So it must have been must be very difficult for you. You know, I, I think of intuition in business and I, and I realize over the years how valuable it is to pick up these little signals. But for you, it must be particularly kind of acute because, as I say, you work with a lot of people that are in this energetic, need-it-now kind of space. You know, a little while on now, you know, away from that scenario, what have you kind of, what have you, what have you changed in your own kind of process, your intake of somebody new? That That's a really good question. I mean, we live in an online world where, there's very little face to face these mm. days. When we first started League One Two Three, we um, the we were one of the first online law firms. We were the first online fully full service online law firm, and people were very wary about dealing with lawyers online. They wanted, you know, they wanted face to face Skype video calls. Um, they wanted to meet with you. They wanted one-on-one meetings. And now, this day and age, I mean, most clients are really happy. They don't want to see you. They don't want you to see them. They just want to do everything online. Mm. And that shift makes a really big difference in how people deal with you and how quickly they want things. And it's really much more difficult to deal with people. And it's almost an art I would say, to deal with people only online because it's completely different, as you would know, with all of the issues that go on with, um, you know, people saying things that aren't very nice and mm. and nasty, being bullying and things generally. It's much easier to be a less professional person online. And I think that is a that has changed how businesses work with their clients yeah look again let me just interrupt you there i think you're so right you know it's it's easy easier to be kind of shoddy and um to not feel so attached to the person that you're communicating with and therefore you know you see more abrasive language and you know kind of curt responses to things because people don't feel that human connection but you know this this was the business that you wanted. This was the business that you designed. So in some ways, was this client kind of necessary? Was this whole interaction, was it necessary for you with your business? Did you, you know, in hindsight, do you think, well, 
okay, that was horrible. That was stressful, painful and nasty. But boy, did I need it. Yes, I think that's that's a really good point. It's it, We had been up and running for um, several years. And to have a client like this come along, it was a good whack to make you to for lack of a better word mm. it's a, it was a good whack to put processes in place to identify you know you really have two types of of customers and clients you have um i hate to say it but there are time wasters who yep. really want to chat with you and want a lot of information and never are really customers or clients so they're taking a, they're drawing a lot of energy and a lot of your resources off you and um you know taking a lot of your time that could be put into something more productive sure and then there are also you know time intensive customers that you have to make a decision about you know you might have for example um underestimated the amount of time on a quote that you've done for a project and they you, you didn't understand that they needed so much hand holding and that's particularly true of startup businesses mm. There are some people who have done a lot of research, are well prepared and know what they want from a legal service and they know what they're going to do with their business. They've got a plan. And there's others that really need a lot of handholding and to identify the difference between these two types of, of clients and to be able to help them appropriately so that you don't feel like you aren't being compensated and because that changes your attitude it really does if you you feel that you're spending a lot of time on on one person to the detriment of another client then that's really it changes how you work with them so mm. i think you really um you learn to to ask different questions you learn to get things we we need thing to have everything in writing anyway as a law firm sure but the people who in the responses, you see how much time and energy they put into the responses and how much they know about their business just from key questions that you ask them. And then you start to put together, and this is great for every business, I think, once you've you've sort of identified the types of clients you have, you put together, you know, the key questions that come up again and again. And when you get a new client, you pop this note out to them with this, yeah. it's a template and you ask them the questions about their business, about the services they're expecting to get, and that makes them invest their time. And you also can gauge an awful lot of information about how much they know, how long they're going to take, the type of client they're going to be. And then that makes a massive difference in your time and how you run your business. Yeah, sure. So look, I totally agree with you. And it's, you know, it's interesting, isn't it? That whole kind of intake thing you know and I know you rightly pointed out to me there that when this this horrible situation happened with you you had been running your business for a good while but you were still you know the um the the business model that you have where so much of what you do is done remotely done online was still relatively young you know and changing rapidly wasn't it year on year things things were and still are changing very rapidly and I can see that you know you've adjusted clearly your sort of intake process but it's interesting when you you know when I speak to other businesses that are not in your industry necessarily in, in a variety of industries where they're doing all their work online you kind of you're so happy that you've got a new lead you just kind of dive into it 
And those little voices in your head, those little signals, those alarm bells, sometimes it's too easy just to ignore them and go, no, I didn't really hear that. You know, that didn't that didn't happen. That's yeah. fine. I'll keep going. But um, having the courage to kind of do what you've now done, where you actually almost start by putting a number of questions at a potential client and gauging how they respond to that. That's such an important process in, in sort of intake with a lot of service businesses. But it's, um, it's one that's, that, again, so many businesses don't do. I mean, have you absolutely sort of fundamentally changed how you approach a new client as a consequence of this, this, this scenario? Yes, yes, absolutely. It, it, I would not hesitate in the future to perhaps guide this person in another direction if I had a client that came along that was in that same scenario and or I would put um, sort of a box around what the services were and make it very, very clear that these are the services, this is all that is going to be agreed upon and have it very well documented because um, I think that that even then you can't avoid having, you know, customers and clients that are um, a bit more wayward and expecting more than what you're delivering and what you agreed to deliver. Mm. But it this, this particular client um, really did personally change how I manage the business and also um, certainly the the boundaries around the other lawyers that work with us so it, it did change our business model hmm. it's, it's uh, you know again it's it's um it, it's a scenario that we you know we hear a fair bit about people getting into these situations um, and what concerns me more and more and you, you know you mentioned it a, a few minutes ago that you know this this whole this whole uh, means of communication online and how it changes and is changing and you know i suppose if that's if that situation happened again it's quite conceivable that the first you'd actually hear of this person's um you know problems that he he had with your business might be when you read an online review that he's gone and posted you know this is so distressing for some businesses that the first they know that this person that they you know thought they were servicing is is unhappy is when they read something that that person's put up publicly now that's an, a topic i know that people come to you about where they've got this kind of negative reviews going on what can we do about that as businesses what what how do you advise people when those sort of things happen that's um that's a really good question because it's been happening a lot lately where I've had a few clients come and, and say, look, we we think that somebody's spamming us. We think it might be a competitor. They're writing bad reviews. And on the psychological side of things, one bad review or testimonial has the impact of 25 great reviews. They're really psychologically destabilizing. And, you know, we all look at reviews at one point in time mm. when we're purchasing online, I mean, I don't know anybody that, that would say, put their hand on their heart and say that they don't um, look at some point at testimonials and reviews about various goods and services that, that you're purchasing online. 
Um, but and nobody ever, you know, you hold on and hold on to these clients because you don't want to admit failure by letting one go or putting or having somebody um, get to the point where they write a bad review about you. Mm. But equally so, I mean, legally, just with the clients that are asking about the negative reviews and how to manage them and, and being gamed and spammed, mm. they um, y- y- there's it, you're caught between a bit of a rock and a hard place because under consumer law in Australia, you can't pick and choose what reviews you put up and don't put up and the, you can't just um, put up the good yeah, part of a review. Them. Sure. Exactly. Yep. You, can't, you can't decide, oh, they've written up, here's a pro and here's a con. I'll leave the con out of this this review and I'll just put the, the good part of the review up. Or this person was irate and I think he was unjustified, so I'm not going to include that in the reviews. Mm. You, you, that's the the point of consumer law controlling this they're saying that anybody reading the reviews any potential client or customer they should be able to filter out the good yes, it's and up the to, bad it's up to them not you the ven- not you the the business owner correct yeah so, but so what what are you saying to these poor businesses then that are having these bad reviews coming up and they're coming to you presumably saying what can i do about this what's your response I, I try to give guidance and and say you know the one of the things that um, that I believe a lot of businesses um, can manage well is responding back to the reviews yep. and trying to resolve the problem or trying to be politely apologetic or the the businesses that just ignore them and don't respond back I think they struggle a little bit with potential clients reading that and saying, oh, the business must, must not care about it. Mm. But the genuine business, the owners that are genuine and, and seem to very much care or try to resolve the, the bad review is, I think that goes a long way to helping modify the how bad and how negative the review was. Um, so I, I that's one of the top things that I would say to do is make sure you respond back. The yeah. second thing is probably, you know, we all get very emotional about mm-hmm. and protective of our businesses. I think sometimes you might want to write something, walk around the corner, have a pause, you know, have yep. a bit of a break, chat with a partner or a colleague about it and how to best address it. And, you know, maybe the third thing would be if, if you're not the right person to address it properly, whether it's on the phone and somebody phoning up or whether it's a, a review that's online, maybe get your colleague or somebody else in your team or somebody else that can help you respond back so at least it's a little bit more balanced one step away yes you can be really caught up in the whole issue it's very emotional yeah look i i you're so right i mean that that point of kind of giving it a a break having a pause walking around the block so important and i i particularly agree with you the the point about responding you know a very good friend of mine runs a a fabulous little um sort of photography business um, in Australia, in Sydney, and uh, she received a, a, a poor review. She's got fantastic reviews 99% of the time, but then received this out of the blue, this really negative review. And it turned out that when she kind of went back through all her records, this this person had never dealt with her. 
you know, she keeps very detailed files. And it was clearly someone, whether it's a competitor or somebody who was just, you know, being belligerent. So her response was very swift and very thorough. You know, and it was saying, look, I've been back through all my records. I don't have any um, notification of doing any work with you at any point. You know, I'm sorry that you had this experience, but perhaps perhaps it was with a different company. You know, and the point you make is if you don't respond, if you leave it hanging, it just says so many poor things, doesn't it? And we just because we can't get these things taken down easily. So we need to respond to them, I think, is is the, one of the key points out of that, isn't it? Yeah. So look, let, yeah, and and re- carry on. Sorry, <laughs> I was just going to say it. It really goes a long way to showing that you care about your business and your clients. It yeah. really yes. makes a big difference to people reading that. Yeah, and I think uh, I also think you know just on finally on that point of, of reviews is that if a business has uh, been going for a while and working with a lot of customers, that the chances are there is going to be something in there at some point that isn't quite as rosy, you know, because I, I also get the feeling that some people, when they're reading all these glaring reviews, to some people it's like, right, well, I'm going to stick the knife in here because something I experienced I had wasn't quite so perfect, you know. So there's the, that, that can, I, I think, can be a sort of behavior that some people follow. So again, you know, if, if you see a business that's generally doing well but then has a negative one, it's, it doesn't necessarily, it's not uh, in itself destructive. But again, the point is, how does that business respond to that? But look, going back to your situation again, with this, with this kind of ghastly client that you had, and you've changed your, um, the way that you kind of start with new clients, you've made sure that everyone working within your business, you know, follows the same sort of procedure. Do you feel then, do you feel now that, um, do you feel kind of confident that this cannot happen again or are you has it also made you uh kind of more vigilant it's a, you, look you can never the the world is large and um people are curious and your clients and customers um as i say you know you you don't get to meet them you don't know you don't necessarily get to choose them either they're you know it's the online world so you can never control somebody who might have a bad day and be taking it out on you or they're frustrated because their computer isn't working properly (laughs) or whatever it might be so um i can't say that it would never happen again i would hope that um with the measures in place you know both our team and everybody else's that that might come into contact with this person is aware of, um, you know, how best to manage somebody similar. You know, we have a, a central inbox where we use help scout so we can allocate emails from the central Im- inbox. And I can see all the communications between, um, you know, any of the lawyers and the clients. So I, I feel better just trying to manage it from that perspective and maybe that's a little bit of you know overkill or maybe it makes me sleep better at night I'm not Mm. sure exactly (laughs) what the what the right uh, reason behind it is but that certainly that was one of the changes that um, I made in in the business on all of this but in saying that it it you know you you're you can't control um 
difficult clients. Mm. There's always going to be one that's just out of the box. And, you know, you can only do your best to manage it in the best possible scenario, in the best way possible. And then, as I say, we put measures in place to try and make sure that we can identify them sooner Mm. so that it doesn't get to the point that it did where we weren't aware that we were you know, unable to notify this person and we weren't able to contact him and nor were the regulators. So it, you really have to put measures in place to make sure that, um, you know, you try and monitor and get out of that situation as yeah. fast as possible because it will impact yourself and your business. Yeah, that's, that's not good. Worth it. No, you're so right. And look, and I think that's a great, great point to sort of close up on. And I, you know, I guess it comes back again, right to the point you made at the beginning, alarm bells, you know, when you hear those alarm bells, what I think it should do for all of us in business is it should then trigger, you know, some kind of level of systems where you are more vigilant, more observant, and you kind of just speak up a lot quicker, because as you say, things sometimes in the in the speed of business, can if you're not careful things can get ahead of you before you realize what the heck's going on and uh, none of us want that so look Vanessa thank you so much for spending your time with us Uh, if we want to find out more about you and your business legal123.com.au I think is the place to go thank you Robert yeah okay well thanks so much and look we'll talk to you again and I look look forward to reading your next article on Flying Solo Thank you. Great to speak to you. Thank you for your time. Okay. And before I go, don't forget that when it comes to creating a truly enjoyable and prosperous business, Flying Solo gets you. Premium membership has all the tips and tools you need for just $99. Head to the join page to learn more. And that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo and your host, Robert Gerrish. We'd love to receive feedback, even a brief review for those listening via iTunes. If you're planning to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, check out our bestseller, Flying Solo, How to Go It Alone in Business. It includes everything we know about working on your own. And of course, we invite you to dive into the resources and supportive community at flyingsolo.com.au. 